Psalm 103 this morning. Psalm 103, be a familiar passage to you, I feel like. And uh, this is a song of thanksgiving from the psalmist David. The Bible said in verse number 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Can I stop there a minute? You know what he's saying? That I can't just express it with my words. That a true gratitude comes from down in here. It is, a, it is an emotional response because of the confidence that we have in the goodness of God. He said, bless the Lord. You ain't getting it quite yet. He said, bless the Lord. Now, th- th- this is a man who you think, you think you've had issues. You read the life of David, you'll realize David's life was pretty miserable in some places. He was not a perfect man. He is a man after God's own heart, but here's a man who, who was trying to do right. Remember, we know David and Goliath. We know he could have killed Saul. He, we knew that, uh, uh, that uh, God had, had ordained him to be king. We see the, the uh, fact that he sinned with Bathsheba. We see that here's the prophet that goes up to David and gives him a scenario and David said, I'd have that guy killed. He said, thou art the man. We see he had all kinds of dysfunction within his own family. Yet in Psalms 103, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Not portions of me. Brother Russell, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with that. Again, you take Greek, Hebrew, English, it all means the same, all. Everything within me. Amen. I'm to, I'm to bless God with everything in me. Good times, bad times, indifferent times. Bless his holy name. Notice he didn't say, Bless my buddy. He didn't say, bless my homeboy, Jesus. He said, bless his holy name. Now, that's the only way you can be grateful when you realize that God is high and holy and we're low and sinful. You can't understand grace until you understand that God is perfect and holy and righteous and you and I are sinners. We're defiled. We're unrighteous, we're unholy, we're as far from God as any creation could be. Yet, because of his love for mankind, Jesus died. Bless his holy name. Can I say the word one more time? Holy. Amen. That is, you say God is love, he sure is. But you know what we leave out? God is holy. God is holy. He doesn't have have angels around him crying out love, love, love. He's got angels around him crying out holy, holy, holy. And because he's holy and because he would send his son to save us, that proves that God is love. But in the day we live, we're so focused on love. And by the way, let me say this. It is not the kind of love that man has toward each other. It is a holy love. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. 
O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now notice two things in that scripture. Number, uh, first of all, he uses the word all once again. So that tells me all. But you'll notice the word benefit is plural. Now we'll focus on Calvary and we should. That is the, that is the pinnacle of God's blessing. That is the pinnacle of God's love. But may I say this? When you got up this morning, you ever even before you got up this morning, from the time that you drew your first breath, even before that, when you were in your mother's womb, you've been enjoying the benefits of a holy God. Now you can focus on all the negative and all the stuff you don't have, but the fact is, you and I deserve 100% of nothing except for judgment. And so he goes on to say, verse 3, who forgiveth. So in verse 1 and 2, he sets the holiness of God. Then we see the grace of God, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah, praise God. Look at verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with what? Good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now here's what the psalmist is saying. What the choir sang. What the ladies sang. We ought to be the most thankful people because of how holy he is and how much we do not deserve not one benefit but the Bible said benefits so this is David's song of thanksgiving and I want to ask you this question today thankful for what? because you can take that question and go one of two ways you can either look at yourself and say I ought to be thankful for everything so that'll make me number the things I'm thankful for. Or we can look at it with ingratitude and say, what do I have to be thankful for? And that's really the society and the world we live in. What am I thankful for? What do I got to be thankful for? I, I don't have a, a Mercedes Benz. I don't have a lake house. I don't have a mountain house. I don't have a, a, a bunch of money in the bank. What have I got to be thankful for? Well, you're not in hell. You're in church this morning. You were healthy enough to come in, right? Listen, I just did a funeral yesterday for a family. May I say that uh, uh, your loved one is here, right? If they're here, your family's here. Uh, there were people around the altar. I saw families together. You know, there's some places families don't go to church together. You got something to be thankful for this morning. And so he encourages himself to give thanks for daily blessings. But Matt, if we, if we don't get our eyes off the big things and get them on the daily blessings, when you're thankful for the small things, then you appreciate the big things. But when you're not uh, thankful for those things, then even the big things won't matter to you, right? I mean, God blessed me with a new car. Yeah, but it's not new long. 
right? God gave me a new house. It won't be new long. You know, God gave me a new job. You, you ever met anybody that got a new job? It's good for a few months and then it's like any other job, isn't it? So you better find some things in your life that others might take for granted. And if you'll look, you'll find them, right? I'll ask you this. The other, the other night, Lee and I went out and took the garbage cans to the road, right? By the way, uh, there's some things I figured out when Luke got married and moved out that I appreciated. I, he took the trash to the road. He mowed the grass, man. I, I'm... Wish he'd come back and do that for me. He doesn't live that far away. He'll do that for his daddy, I think. But we were walking back, Brother Kenneth, and I looked up and I said, Leah, look at all them stars. And she said, Yeah. And I said, Do you ever look at stars? She said, Not really. But I don't either. But when's the last time you just walked outside and looked at. You said, What are you trying to say? I'm saying that that's simple. Yet we take for granted the beauty that God's given us just to look up into the starry heaven and remember Him. And how many of us even do that? Right? And I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I'm just saying when we get back to the place that we start looking for the blessings of God, it's amazing how many just pop up. I mean, many of you this morning, you may not even think about this, but you can ask the Tillies, they just got back from New Hampshire. You ought to thank God you got a church to come to. Right? I mean, let's be honest. There's places that don't have what you have. And don't have what I have. So he reminds himself of the many benefits God has given him. And that's what being thankful is all about. Right? It's something that happens in here. Now, if I gave a... If I asked you this morning, name one thing you're thankful for. I'll promise you this automatically just off the top of our head, somebody would say, I'm thankful for salvation. Well, that's good verbally, but did it come from here? I'm thankful for my family, right? Well, we are thankful for family if you've got it. Well, we're thankful for some family, right? Some, you're like, whoa, 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 you know, but but, but you ever thought about that? I mean, just internalize it. Your family is the gift of God. Even as crazy as they are sometimes, they're still... And we get to the place we don't take the time to really understand what God has done for us. And so in this psalm, that's what David's doing. And in verse 1, he tells us how we are to thank God or how we are to praise God. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. All of it, from the innermost being of who I am, there ought to be an an exuberation. There ought to be a a manifestation of thankfulness that comes out of me. And may I say this, you ready for this? Independent Baptist, complaining is not part of the equation. Can I say it again? Nowhere in there does it say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, but even though he's been good to me, i got some things I want to complain about. Is that in your Bible? If it is, I'd throw that Bible in the garbage can. Brother Charles, I'm so sick of hearing people complain. You know why you get to complain? Because you've been blessed. Please don't don't tell me about your phone screen breaking and 
how much it inconveniences you when there's people that don't have shoes. Hello? Don't tell me about they didn't cook my steak right at the restaurant and how horrible it is when people are eating dog food. Are you with me? You start finding some things to get thankful for and realize what you deserve and what I deserve and what God's actually given us, then there will be something that swells up inside of you and says, boy, I don't deserve any of it, but I sure do want to thank God for it. Man, that choir right there, you get thankful and all of a sudden they'll sound like heavenly angels singing. Right? I'm just saying, we got some things to thank God for and that's what David's trying to to do here and remind us of that he tells us in verse 1 how we are to praise God with all of me but then in verses 2 through uh, 5 he's telling us why why now I don't see in here that God blessed him with a million dollars or a new house or a new car or you know he got a check in the mail but he starts out with this who forgiveth all thine iniquities who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, let me ask you this. Now, whether or not, let me say this. Listen to what I'm saying. Whether or not you've ever actually asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you and save you. Listen. Listen. You still ought to be thankful. You say, why? Because he says in verse number 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. He paid the price. you got to be the one to make the decision to accept what he's already done. Your, your, your sin debt has been paid if you'll receive it. And then he goes on to say, who healeth all thy diseases. You say, well, that's not me, preacher, because I've got X, Y, Z, and I've got to go to the doctor, and I've got to get medication. Well, guess what? You're healed. You say, no, I'm not. Draw your last breath, and guess what? You'll have a glorified body if you're saved. See, the... Every disease that we have, honestly, is sin. That's the biggest problem we got, Brother Jim, is sin. Your sin problem has been dealt with. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. I will promise you this. You go out here today, you take a right, left out of the church parking lot, and I've said it often, and some of you will be like, I know where this is going. You go down Highway 150, at any given time, you're that close to death. There's a car coming this way, you're going that way. All I'd take is a blowout, somebody on their phone. I know that never happened. Nobody ever texts and drive. And we're, we're doing your funeral. Or you're doing mine. Right? You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed today. The fact that you're here is just simply the gift of God. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness, tender mercies. You done that? Yeah. Because here's the deal. If you and I got what we deserve, none of us would be here. You'd be in hell, so would I. 
And if you weren't in hell, you'd be in jail. So here's what one sure way of being content is simply look at what we do have. Simply be thankful. And let me share these three things. I won't be long. First of all, what should we be thankful for? Thankful for everything. You know, preacher, that's easy to say. Well, look, Romans 8. You know, it's interesting. We always go to Romans 8, 28. It's a great verse. But when you read it in context, the Bible says this uh, in uh, uh, verse 18. Watch this. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We forget that verse. That's in Romans chapter 8. Verse 27, he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Watch this, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. We leave out that context. Watch this. He that spared his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You know what he's saying? He's saying that way back in eternity past, he saw Matt Black. And he knew everything that was going to happen in Matt Black's life. And he was going to allow all that stuff to happen so that he could start molding him into the image of his son. Man, that ain't talking about... God sending some people to heaven and some people to hell. That's not what it's saying at all. He's saying that his, his goal all the way back in eternity past, Brother Bart, was to make each one of us like his son. And you know how he does it? Trials. Trials. You go on down there, that's when it says we are more than conquerors. You can't be more than conquerors till you go through some stuff. And he's saying, all these things that you're going through that I'm allowing to take place, I'm allowing for the reason to make you more like Jesus Christ. That's why Romans 8, 28 is in there. All things work together for good. What's good? That you and I would be like Jesus Christ. Now see what? Here's the problem. Brother Tilly, we, we're so wrapped up in us, we're saying, well, I don't see how this is good. I don't understand how this benefits me. That's because you're selfish. And I don't say that hatefully. We're all that way. Our flesh is selfish. We want what we want. We don't want pain. We don't want discomfort. We don't want anything that we feel like is inconvenient. And God's saying, I'm allowing this stuff in you, and it's good because it's shaping you into the image of Jesus Christ. So what should we be thankful for? Thankful for everything. We ought to be thankful for the treasures God gives us, the material things God allows us to have, the things that money can't buy. We ought to be thankful for things that we take for granted. How many of you got up this morning and when you got out of bed you went, 
Thank you, God, for that breath I just take. Probably none of us. Why? Because we're just used to what God puts breath in us. We're going, man, I don't even think about breathing. Well, I tell you what, when you can't breathe, you know what you'll think about? Breathing. Got up this morning, drank your coffee, ate your cereal, praise God. You didn't even think about, hey, where that uh, cereal came from. You just knew it was in the cabinet, young person, right? Mama got it for me. Grocery store had it. You know where it came from? God provided it. Right? I'm just saying, what things do you take for granted that you ought to thank God for? For the treasure. God is, he's just, listen, it may not be financial, but God is just pouring treasures on us. Not only for that, we ought to thank God for the trials. And I mentioned it, God uses them to grow us. God uses them to make us more like Him. And He uses them to cause us to trust Him more. You know when we trust God the most? When we can't do it ourselves. You can't do, you can't do trials yourself. So it's like, when do you pray more? When I'm going through stuff, right? When I'm going through stuff, man, it's amazing how, what trials will make prayer warriors out of, out of folks. We ought to thank God for trials. We ought to thank God for truth. You, you, mean, you say, I don't even know what truth is anymore, preacher. You turn on this news and they say this, turn on that one. You know what? Let me say this. Years ago, my granddaddy said this. He said, you're going to believe, uh, don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. You ever hear that? You better not even believe me half of what you see now. Man, they can change photos. You know what? If they, if they, somebody sent me a photo of, of uh, Brother Adam Russell coming out of the ABC Strauss, I don't believe that. Right? I don't believe it. But I got a picture that you can doctor. Right? That you can filter. That's why most of this social media garbage, you know, they got all these filters in there. Boy, look, look how good she looks. Look how good he looks. Look how good. No. It's fake. It's fake. You know, they said that part of the problem with all this depression and anxiety, listen to me. Now, I know you won't believe me because you're saying, that's not, preacher, I don't believe that. The doctor said, I believe about half of what they say. You know what most of the problem with this anxiety and depression and all this stuff with these kids are? You say it's COVID. No, it's social media. It's social media because their friends are doing all this crazy stuff. And all these people they follow on social media every time they're about half naked on a beach somewhere. And they're going, well, I wish my life was like that. And they're never content. They're never content. God made you the way he made you. Right? You don't have to be like those freaks on that stuff. And most of it's probably some kind of filter. It's not truth. You know where you get truth? Here. I sure wish I knew what was truth. You got truth, but you won't read it. You ought to thank God. He cares enough about us to give us his word because he is truth. Amen. Here's the truth. And you know what we don't read enough of? This. This. So thankful for everything, but then thankful for eternal things. Notice what he said in the scripture in uh, Psalms 103. Who uh, in verse uh, 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, crown thee uh, with loving kindness and tender mercy. Well, you know what you got? His grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. 
If you're here today and you're saved, you're saved by the grace of God. You say, no, I'm saved because I prayed a prayer. Your prayer means absolutely nothing without the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And if it weren't for the grace of God, if it weren't for God's unmerited favor, you could pray all the prayers you wanted to and God say, nope, you still deserve hell. Amen. The reason you and I are not in hell today is because of the grace of God. The reason Calvary took place was the grace of God. Even after you're saved, listen, you know what? Every day you wake up, you deserve nothing from God. Amen. You say, I'm his child. He owes me. He don't owe you nothing. Hey, I like what I may have told you this before. That they asked uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son hit something. His, his son said, well, we're rich. His daddy said, no, we're not rich. I'm rich. You're not. You didn't earn a dime of it. Amen. But he thought because he was Shaquille O'Neal's kid, well, we're rich. It ain't yours. Right? right? So a lot of times we look, well, I'm God's child. He owes me. He owes you nothing, man. Listen, whatever God gives you for the things we don't deserve, and by the way, may I say this, God's grace is sufficient. And God's grace is abundant. And God's grace is wonderful. And we ought to thank God for his grace. Not only is grace, his goodness. Notice the Bible said in verse 5, Who satisfy thy mouth with good things. Why does he give good things? Because he's good. Amen. How can you say he's good when I'm going through this trial? Because he's good. Yes, sir. Can, can I give you a time out and you can listen to me a minute? Won't you try, quit trying to figure out God and why he does things and just take him at his word that he's good. Right? You'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out why God does things. And if you could figure him out, guess what? He wouldn't be God. But Jerry, I don't want a God I can figure out. I want one that's higher than I am. Amen. Now I'm glad sometimes he reveals some things. And if we pray and God decides to reveal them to us, praise God for that. But God doesn't owe you an explanation for anything. He doesn't owe me one either. You just got to trust him. So everything he does is good because he is good and let us never doubt his goodness. And Satan will try to get you to doubt the goodness of God. Well, if God was good, why did he let this happen? You don't understand. You know what we see? We see the next step in front of us. God sees the whole plan, right? And so God is good because of his grace, because of his goodness, and then because of his gift. Every... Good gift and every perfect gift. You ever notice, you ever wonder what he's talking about there? Well, if it's a good gift and it's a perfect gift, it's only one gift. There's only good, one good and perfect gift. We're getting ready to celebrate the birth of the perfect gift. His gift is Jesus Christ. His gift is eternal life. His gift is salvation. What a gift he's given us. He is enough. Jesus proves his goodness and his grace through Calvary. Thankful for eternal things. And then number three, thankful for essential things. Well, first thing I think about, what, what's essential? Well, food is, right? 
Let's be honest. Most of us sitting in this auditorium have gotten way more than essential. Right? Maybe I shouldn't, Brother Tilly, maybe I shouldn't preach on this part of it since we're getting ready to go get essential with some birds, right? But sustenance. If you, that, what do you mean by sustenance? What it takes to live. You got to have food. You got to have water, but you got to have food. Now here's the problem. We live in a place of abundance. Right? I mean, let's be honest. You talk to some older folks in this congregation, they'll tell you what they had to eat, right? And you'd be like, I ain't, I ain't eating that. You ain't been hungry enough. Right? And most of us have not. Let's be honest. And that's, you know, I mean, our biggest problem is I had to eat generic cereal. Am I right? I had to eat generic cinnamon toast. I, 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 I've been there. I still am sometimes. I'm like, I can't eat that. That is not real cinnamon toast crunch. There's a difference. Oh, I said, ain't no difference. I said, it's a difference. Some things, some things, generic brand, you can't tell the difference. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you tell the difference. <laughs> but I guarantee if you hadn't had anything to eat for about a week. That's right. Amen. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, there may be one or two, Brother Jim, in this place that has been hungry. But I doubt it. You don't understand, preacher. I have gone, I had to go like seven hours one day without even eating. And I was, I mean, I was famished and I was. Bless your heart. Right? I mean, even now, 20 minutes, 12, I see some of you slipping your sleeve. About lunchtime. Let me tell you, the only clock that matters is this one right here. <laughs> Oliver Green said one time, he said, every time I see somebody slip their sleeve, I had 15 minutes. So you, some of you in the back, you don't do that now. You know what it is now? When you see the blue face people have from looking at their phone in church. They don't fool you. They're looking down like they're reading their Bible, but their face lit, lights up blue. From their phone. I see you. But you know what? Most people, we, most of them never been hungry. You might have been uncomfortable because you didn't eat at the appropriate time. And your stomach may say, you know what, I, I'm grumbling. But, but I, I'm talking about hunger. Where you'd eat anything that was in front of you. Right? 
Well, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but you sure ought to thank God for it. Well, Jim, they don't have the stuff we got we're used at in Africa. Do I mean, there's some hungry folk down there, isn't it? So again, I've said it before, when you take your trash can to the road and it's inconvenience, maybe you ought to thank God that some of the stuff you threw in there because it was leftovers. And we don't eat leftovers at our house because that's just... Somebody, somebody would kill to have what you just threw in that trash can. God's been real good to us. Can I say this? You look in the Old Testament... God blessed them. You know what they did? They got hungry. God said, here's some manna. For a while, they said, oh, God, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wasn't long. They were like, again? We got to have it again. But you didn't do anything for it. God just, again. I can't eat any more of this angel food. I don't want any more. God said, okay. Here's what, I'm going to send some, some birds down there. You eat them birds. That's good for a while. Hey, meat, hallelujah. Wasn't long. Really? I'm so tired of eating bird. not get the same way every time you see God bless the Jewish people what long they're off doing their own thing worshiping idols right you know what we do same thing a few years ago we didn't want a certain woman to be president God's people we got to pray if she wins the presidency our nation is over Pray, pray, pray. Churches are having prayer meetings and, oh, we got to have prayer. She didn't win. Guess what we did? We're done with that. Ain't no need to pray more. Hallelujah. God answered our prayer. Well, we're in good shape today. Maybe we should have kept praying. Right? Oh, God, I need a job. My family's starving, God. He gives you a job. You know what we do? I can't go to church on Wednesday night because i got to work Thursday. Right? Oh, we got 17 weeks vacation at my new job, so preacher, we won't be there all summer. Thank you, Jesus, for the job. But by the way, we're going to take you a tithe and offer and go give it down to Myrtle Beach. Hello? Seems like the more God blesses us, the farther we get away from him. And then, then when he starts taking stuff away, we're going, oh, God, how could you treat us this way? We're your church. We're your children. Oh, we're the American church. We're so wonderful. Look at us. We send all the missionaries. God, how could you let us have Because we forgot God. Essential. We don't, we're going to go down there and eat turkey. I'm just going I'm going to get I'm going to get plain with you. And if you're a guest, you're exempt from this. No you're not. 
You don't deserve that turkey. You know there's some men got here at 4 o'clock and cooked that turkey for you. Do you know people went and bought side dishes to go with that turkey so that we could eat that? And Brother Eddie, you know what happens to some people getting uneaten? Be time to clean up. You know what? Right? I ain't staying to clean up. I brought my green beans that I got out of a can that I put on simmer this morning before I came to church. I got to get home and get me a nap. Right? You're going to thank them men for cooking that turkey for you? You're just going to take for granted somebody did it. Somebody came decorated all that stuff. Somebody put tables out. You're going to be thankful enough to help, or are you just going to take for granted, well, somebody did it? Now, if you can't, there's some I understand you can't. You with me? You show gratitude by showing gratitude. And we're going to go down and somebody will say, I don't like that kind of turkey. What kind do you like? Right? Brother, I, I don't, turkey's not my favorite. But I'm going to eat it, right? And I'll have, by Thursday, I won't have to eat no more turkey. Matter of fact, we cooking it, I ain't going to tell you what, yeah, I am, because you can't come. You didn't get invited. But I don't know that the pilgrims had turkey. Now, Brother Lee said they did. He said he's going in this whole, Brother Jeff, this whole dissertation about how they had turkeys. And I don't know that they did, but I think they had brisket. <laughs> and so we had brisket around our place. Amen. Brother Lee said he, he thought it would be better if it was steak. But he didn't offer to bring any to my house. But you know what? If God just gives us enough to eat, that's essential, isn't it? I think sometimes we forget that God doesn't know us anything. Then not only that, the shelter we have. Do you know that this right here, the shelter? You know when the Bible talks about if a man asks your coat to give him your clothes, that was a big deal. Because that outer garment gave protection, Right? You may not have the best according to the world, but you ought to thank God for what you got. You may not have the biggest house, but thank God for what you got. And that shelter is not just where you live, and, but you ought to thank God for the sheltering hand of His protection. And then finally, just thank Him for standard things. What do you mean by that? Just stuff you overlook every day. Wonder what half you got. You got up this morning or tomorrow morning and uh, got ready for work, right? right? And you went into the bathroom to take a shower. Got hot water, running yes, water. Sir. Indoor plumbing. How many of you never had to use an outhouse in your life? You ought to thank God for that. Luke, am I telling the truth? 
You say, well, what do you, we had a little hunting place up in Virginia. You don't hunt in the summertime. You hunt in the wintertime. You ain't never had to go to no outhouse when it's about 10 degrees outside. You don't really know what you're missing. When that help you with something else, when you turn your thermostat on, that glorious God-given heat comes out of your floor, out of those vents, and permeates your whole house. Hallelujah. You never had no wood stove off in the corner somewhere and you had to stay at that wood stove, you're going to freeze to death. Or when you, when you, summertime, you hit that thermostat and that glorious cool air comes out. Some of y'all, some of y'all ain't never had to live without no central air. How many of you, how many of you, a little older, you had one of them 220 watt window units? In the dining room. And it's hot everywhere, but if you got in front of that thing, it'd blow your wig off. Right? You couldn't keep the whole house cool, just it was that. But what do we take for granted? Right? You get in your car, got your little handheld computer. I won't go somewhere, you know what I do? Gives you about four routes. How many of you remember when you had to go to gas station, get that Rand McNally? Amen. You spread that thing all the way across the dash of the car and you could you wrecked because you couldn't see nothing. But you had, right? I mean, we take that for granted. Right. And I know it's silly, but I'm just saying right. every day you get up and it's like, can you believe my, my remote starter on my car is not working? Right? The remote control, the batteries are. Right? When some of us growing up were the remote. So I just say this thankful for what? If you're not in hell, you ought to be thankful. Yeah. I mean, if, that, if that's all you got today, my health's bad, my finances are bad, my, I ain't got any friends, I don't, da, da, da. name all the stuff you want to complain about. But you're not in hell. Brother Ian, most of us are way, God's been so much better to us. We sh there should never be a negative word coming out of our mouth that Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The devil say, oh, yeah, but you don't have to thank you, Lord. You can't complain and be grateful. Can't do it. Got to be one or the other. Right? Now, God's probably reminded you, I hope, of some stuff this morning you ought to be thankful for. And if you're here today, you've never trusted him as your Savior. Today would be a good day. Today would be a good day to trust him. Let's stand together. Stand together, bow our heads this morning. Thank you so much for your attention. Miss Susan's come to the piano this morning. She comes, let me ask you this.
People are making their way to the altar. Would you slip your hand up this morning and say, Preacher, if I die today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. No one's looking. Nobody's going to come to you, but I want to pray for you. Would there be one? If I die today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me, Preacher? Is there one? Is there one? Maybe you need to come this morning, several on the altar. You just want to get on the altar. Thank God. God, I got something I want to thank you for. Maybe there's something you need to pray about. Just mind the Lord. For saving my soul. Thank you. Something you can thank him for. people because you have been so good to us in Jesus name we pray